psychosis Why they wanna hit me with the diagnosis Why they wanna make sure my mind closes Conspiracy my ass, they want us to die fast Exposes, psychosis If you wouldn't mind, blow this Get deep, get mind blowing, got mind going Psycho shit, I hope this Wait, shoot the fuck up Alright, welcome to the Human Condition Podcast I'm your host, Max Manny But I wanna, I wanna start this. I wanna start this with an apology. I didn't finish my part two. Um, I did put out forty minutes. I was gonna do another little bit to it, but I thought that I should extend it to another part. So this is gonna be cellular synchronicity of part three. I hit electro. I hit kinetic synchronicity, and uh, the the word synchronicity is not pseudoscientific. It's first proposed by Carl Jung. Now, people don't like the way he proposed it, but yet they use it in their research papers as a method of explanation towards matching brainwave states or matching a form of uh, copying between two different individuals or biological functions. They sync. They synchronize. Synchronicity is explained through a metaphysical view of uh, events that are seemingly not connected, coincid- but coincidentally have meaning. That's Carl Jung. Now, I, I love psychoanalysis, and I love Carl Jung. I think Carl Jung is one of the best. He for sure has a better understanding of psychoanalytic perspective, in my opinion, than Freudian psychology. And there's a reason why they vilify psychoanalysis through the observations and perspective of Freudian. Because Freud is fucking crazy. He wanted to fuck his mom, and he wanted to supersede the death of his own father. Now, there's modern theories within Freudian psychology that explain that within a different framework uh, that's more modernized and less scrutinized. But, whole point, they vilify and demonize psychoanalysis through Freud because they knew Jung has a better perspective and a better philosophy. They both came about about the same time. But uh, they both have theory of minds, and that's important. There's not a lot of theory of minds out there. Uh, So any theory of mind other than just those two is very suspect at best and has hold no actual understanding. And that's, that's kind of important. Even uh, mechanisms within uh, psychoanalysis permeate pop culture. And I might have gone over this at a point. Uh, defensive mechanisms, uh, you know, the ego, super ego, it's just all of, all of a bunch of psychoanalysis permeates pop culture. Yet, if you go to academia, and if you've ever took in a college course on psychology, they want nothing to do with psychoanalysis. Uh, even though that is probably my favorite psychology. You can't really prove anything. You can't really disprove anything. But it's fun as fuck, I tell you what. But uh, anyways, we're going to get on to this. Because this is part of the point that they use language in a different method. Even though it's the same 
the same cause and effect relationship that they vilified ages beforehand. So they need to come up with the new method of explanation so it's no longer demonized under the academic community. This is, uh, this is my first research paper when we go on this. The synchronicity cellular resonance pattern we're going to be talking about today is between two individuals. One affects brain state of the brain wave patterns of the other. This isn't just an observation of emotional response through a neural circuit. And that's what's important here. People talk about how empathy is expressed. It has biological mechanisms and triggers, but that doesn't mean that they can't resonate with each other and feel vibrations to express their emotional state beyond just cues of observation of the occipital lobe. It doesn't have to be so run down to postmodern reductionism. There's a beauty to it, people. There's a beauty to intimacy there's a beauty to communication of exchange between individuals. Um, it doesn't have to be the way that we explain it. And I'm going to go over that here today because we're making transition slowly over time that people have been talking about that have been called pseudoscientific for decades. They vilified it. They demonized it. They've destroyed its own validity, even though, what do you know? We're just now discovering sound waves of curing cancer. They've been doing that since the, it's been hypothesized since the 20s, tested in the 40s, and produced in the 50s. And we're just getting back to it after fucking uh, about 70 years. And then we start producing it. And it's like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> Just because you don't like something and it goes against the narrative of what you've presupposed is the position of your own bias does not mean you should eliminate the possibility. That's not science and we keep doing it. We keep fucking doing this shit, man. And we call hippies and new age healers crazy. They just don't have the information to protect themselves against their own scrutiny. And uh, we're going to go over this. We're going to go over communication over a distance between individuals. There's a lot of sleep studies that are pretty fucking interesting. There's uh, communication studies of individuals in a relationship who synchronize uh, brainwave patterns in sleep cycles. Communication over individuals who synchronize uh, brainwave states over communication over time. There's... Uh, and they changed the verbiage. This is the important part. They changed the language. They don't say telepathy because that's that's pseudoscience. That's woo. That's woo science. That's pseudoscientific. That's not real science. Well, it's the exact same mechanism that they talk about here. And I'm gonna pull up my first actual article that proves this concept. It's pretty important. It's pretty important because it sets the whole tone of how they change language. Brain-to-brain communication, the possible role of brain electromagnetic fields as a potential hypothesis. This is a PubMed article from 2021. 2021. 2021. Asan Hosseini Helion. I can't even say that word. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It sounds 
either Middle Eastern or maybe Indian. But that's not the point. It's uh, pubmed.ncbi.nlh.nih.gov. Abstract. How up now? The communication between brains of different humans or animals have been confirmed and confirmed by sensory medium and motor facilities of the body. Recently, direct brain-to-brain communication outside the conventional five senses has been verified between animals and humans. See, that's what I'm saying. Telepathy. Synchronization of communication between individuals having nothing to do with neural circuits but through the electromagnetic responses of brain waves. This is why brain waves can be emitted over a distance. This is this is one if you ever and we're gonna get a little bit of mythology in here. Um, I don't know if you know Nubian mythology, that's uh, that's African mythology, but there's the Baratheri gland. The Baratheri gland was a presupposed organelle inside the brain in a resonance chamber that vibrated to the uh, brainwave state of another individual. It's the Baratheri gland. And I believe that at one point we had better understanding of telepathic and uh, vibrational states given by other individuals that superseded cultural and language barriers to allow for us to communicate um, to other people and other tribes as our intention of motivation. It doesn't have to be language, even though we will go over one that specifically says language. Uh... If you meet a bunch of tribes and you're all completely isolated um, from one another and you do not share, you share similar language under the basis of uh, etymology, but you don't share language within your own culture, that there needs to be a way of communication between tribes. And uh, this is where the bear theory gland steps in. This is a myth. This is a myth of Nubian mythology, African mythology. But um, I believe it, and I believe it one hundred percent. And we're gonna go over why I believe it, because there's gonna be a lot of crazy fucking hippie shit coming up, and it's it's just nuts. It's just nuts. This is the shit that they tell you doesn't exist. This is the shit that they lie to you about when you're tripping balls. And you just express the vi- you feel the vi- you you touch into a different part that has been you touch into the fucking goddamn pineal gland, and that does vibrate as well. That vibrates way differently than the hippocampus resonance of uh. And there's a bunch more articles I found about the hippocampal resonancy, not even just in the short term memory, but in the long term memory circuit for the uh, um. Bronchia area that goes to the uh, the uh, lateral prefrontal cortex and dorsal prefrontal cortex. So these these everything you're telling you 
they're li- it's lives. It's all lives. And you should know this by this fucking pandemic we've been in. Everything's a fucking lie. Everything has an ulterior motive. And it's all profit, people. It's all profit because that's what kind of economic system we live in. But, but yeah, so they changed telepathy into verbiage of uh, direct brain-to-brain communication, DBBC. That's now how they define this mechanism, even though it's been called telepathy since ancient times. We're going to create a new verbiage for it so it doesn't have the spooky, supernatural tone to it anymore because we found a uh, mechanism under science. So, uh, five senses have been verified between animals and humans. Nevertheless, no empirical studies or serious discussion have been performed to elucidate the mechanisms behind this process. The validation of DBBC has been documented the via recording similar pattern of action potentials occurring in the brain cortex of two animals. It's done under humans as well. With regard to action potential in brain neurons, the magnetic field resulting from action potentials created in neurons is one of the tools where the brain of one animal can affect the brain of another. It has been shown that different animals, even humans, have the power to understand the magnetic field, and they're going to give you a they're going to give you a mechanism to understand this magnetic field. They're going to give you a mechanism, and they're going to give you a uh, a, a less pseudoscientific ex- explanation. But the whole point is that if we can ascertain metaphysical observation that this was happening for decades, why are we just now accepting it? We're just now accepting it when this is an ancient understanding. This is where metaphysics supersedes modern science. That's why we need a resurgence in metaphysics. I said that last episode, so I'm going to keep going. All right, understand magnetic fields. Cryptochrome which exists in the retina and in different regions of the brain, have been confirmed to be able to perceive magnetic fields and convert magnetic fields to action potentials. Recently, iron particles Fe3O4, believed to have functioning as magnets, have been found in various parts of the brain and postulated as magnetic field receptors. Newly developed supersensitive magnetic sensors made of iron magnets that can sense the brain's magnetic field have suggested the idea of these F3, Fe3O4 particles or magnets may be capable of perceiving brain's weak, extremely weak magnetic field. The present study suggests that is it is possible the extreme weak magnetic field in one animal's brain to transmit vital and accurate information to another animal's brain. It's the first study. This is the first study. And they're giving you a, uh, a biological mechanism of a resonance chamber through the not only perception of uh, in organelles of the eyes and the retina, but they also provide that this resonant frequency can happen within the brain 
through a magnetic field uh, interpretation. And the animals, certain animals, have way better understanding of magnetic field spectrums. This is how birds navigate the Earth. This is how foxes attack into the ground knowing that there's rabbits underneath there. This is how polar bears attack the ice to know that there's seals underneath the ice. And, and if you look at the chance of success on snow foxes attacking areas in a areas that they believe animals are being electromagnetically expressed, they have to go, their chance of success is like four times higher if they're pointing towards magnetic north. So the, the 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 snow fox literally goes and points to magnetic north so they can read whether the magnetic field of the animal is there. This is a behavior that we see. And this doesn't just supersede I mean this supersedes foxes as well. All all Creatures that require magnetic field spectrums, even sharks, produce this type of behavior. They have to be facing towards magnetic north to get the weak magnetic fields of other animals around them. They, they can read the electromagnetic responses of muscle and brain activity. That's true. That's, they have to be facing towards magnetic north. That's very important. That's very important. And this is why we see these types of behaviors in animals. So that's just uh that's just that's just the first article that I have in and, and Alright, so this is the Human Condition Podcast. Unfortunately, I actually had to start this under two sections one was done a week ago i was going over synchronicity between individuals not just between communication of self through the allocation and distribution of ions protein folding through kinetic electrocellular resonance this is for other people as well communication between a brain to brain communication of communic between two people and they have, they have multiple ways of doing this. They they just now are super or uh, they just now are accepting the fact that you can use technology and a method of AI. Of course, now they're gonna say you can communicate through electromagnetic fields and brain waves of not only language but to communicate and um, navigate and coordinate the opportunity to solve a problem that was given to them. Uh, this is, uh, there's two studies here, and uh, I'm going to continue on with uh, cellular resonance. Um, this is going to be between people, not just within yourself. And we're also going to talk about where last week I was uh, communicating on that uh, crypto or cryptochrome protein that allowed for the uh, observation occipitally of magnetic field distribution. Um, we're going to continue on with that. 
And uh, there's a lot to that as well. I'm going to pull up a study about its formation and uh, also its destruction. So, And so here we have our first article. It is a pubmed.ncbi.nlh.nih.gov. Magnetic fields modulate blue light-dependent regulation of neural firing by tryptochrome. Many, and this is this is another conspiracy. Uh, if you get into this whole cryptochrome thing, five um, G and high magnetic electromagnetic fields can affect the probability and procreation and distribution of this cryptochrome, which can actually change animal behavior. And we're going to go in that on this actual study right here, but uh, abstract. So many animals are able to sense the Earth's geomagnetic field to enable behaviors such as migration. It is proposed that the magnitude and direction of the geomagnetic field modulates the activity of cryptochrome, CRY by influencing photochemical ra uh, radi radical pair intermediates within the protein. This is just how we talked about electro and chem uh, kinetic energy can change protein folding. However, this proposal will remain theoretical until a cry-dependent effect on the receptor neuron is shown to be modified by an external magnetic field. It is established that blue light, photoactivation of cry, is sufficient to depolarize and activate drosophilia neurons. Here, we show that the cry-dependent effect is significantly potentiated in the presence of an applied magnetic field, 100 milliterites. We use electrophysiological recordings from larval identified mononeurons in which cry is ectotopically expressed to show the BL-dependent depolarization of membrane potential and increased input resistance are markedly potentiated by a magnetic field. Analysis of membrane excitability shows that these effects of MF exposures evoke increased action potential firing. Almost nothing is known about mechanism by which a magnetically induced change in cry activity, activity might produce a behavioral response. We further report that the specific structural changes to the protein alter the impact of the magnetic field in ways that are strikingly similar to those from recent behavioral studies into magnetic sense of drosophilia. These observations provide the first direct experimental evidence to support the hypothesis that magnetic field modulation of cry activity is capable of influencing neural activity to show animal magneto. Exception. This is what I was talking about. Cryptochrome allows for magnetic perception. Cryptochrome is in the occipital lobe. It's also within the eyes organelles themselves of the retina that are give us a potentiality to observe and understand the weak magnetic fields between individuals. 
And uh, animals have a higher concentration, especially when they're dependent on migrational or um, hunting techniques like the polar bear, the fox. But these, this is just, this is just one thing. Um, there's also a very important study that I saw where it points out the effect of the protein folding to create cryptochrome is affected by 5G electromagnetic fields, radio waves, really. 5G. 5G, we've all heard those conspiracies about 5G creating coronavirus, blah, 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 blah. Well, it does affect the potential folding through kinetic distribution of the lipid protein. Uh, the lipid cellular membrane of its vibrational state affecting protein folding of the amino acids. That is that is 100% a fact. Uh, cryptochrome is why everything is saturated in blue light. Blue light stops the production of cryptochrome inside of individuals. This isn't a conspiracy. This isn't a conspiracy. I'm giving you solid evidence as to why the conspiracy has va validity to it. Okay, significant statement. The biophysical mechanism of animal magnetoreception is still unclear. Photoreception protein cryptochrome has risen to prominence as a candidate for magnoreception. Molecule based on multiple reports derived from behavioral studies. However, the role of cryptochrome as a magnetoreceptor remains controversial, primarily because of the lack of direct experimental evidence linking magnetic field exposure to change in neural activity. Here we show exposure to field MF is sufficient to potentiate the ability of light-activated cryptochrome to increase neural action potential firing. Our results pr provide critical missing evidence to show that the activity of cryptochrome is sensitive to electromagnetic fields that is capable of modifying animal behavior. And that's, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's an actual study. It's not just a hypothesis. It's not just an article. This is, and I'm going to give you the full thing. It's NC PubMed, ncbi.nlh.nih.gov slash 27798129. So there we go. There's the study. Uh, you can get into the whole study because this is just the abstract, of course. Um, but uh, if, if you want to test the validity of it, you can. I'm ascertaining it's uh, pretty well written and pretty well um, controlling for the uh, states and factors that uh, eliminate, you know, uh, isolate um, the effect of the study through, uh, God damn it, man, I'm feeling so stupid right now. This is why I shouldn't go a week without doing a podcast. Oh, God, I probably got to clip this out at this point. I never clip though. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, the independent variable, and then you have the uh, dependent variable. So, I mean, I, I looked at it. Um, I ascertain its validity. If you feel like I missed something, go for it and read it. I just gave you the article. I just gave you the actual publication to the study as well. So, there we go. Um, we're going to move on from cryptochrome um, as a method of uh, magnetoreception, also offering uh, iron 3 oxide 4 as a way of detecting brain magnetic brainwave uh, fields weak. At that, we went over that um, in my first 20 minutes after my long week of not broadcasting. So I, mean, I got to actually get Wi-Fi set up now at this new place I have, and I'll be able to start doing daily or bi-weekly broadcasts like I was before. And now we're going to move on. We're going to move on to Scientific America. This is uh, scientificamerica.com. It is a, an article, but um, they offer a pretty good citation, and I didn't want to steal, like, oh, I got this from blah, 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 blah. No, no, I, I did get this from an article, but then I copied the article, and I went to the actual uh, publication itself. Um, they have offer very good citation to uh, where they get this information, and I wanted to give kudos to them. There's also this journals, POS.org, POS Biology. They cite the nature, and it's both the exact same article. It's mostly rate writing an article about the exact same publication. Neural dynamics differentially encode phrases and sentences during spoken language comprehension. Human language stands out in the natural world as a biological signal that uses a structured system to combine the meanings of small linguistic units, e.g. words, into larger constituents. Constituents, which is weird. That's a weird word to use in that sentence, in that fucking context, whatever. However, the physical dynamics of speech or sign do not stand in one-to-one -one relationship with the meanings listeners perceive. Instead, listeners infer meaning based on the knowledge of the language, the neural readouts of per the perception and cognitive processes underlie these inferences, are still poorly understood. In the present study, we used scalp electroencephalography to compare the neural response to phrases and sentences, which were close in semantic meaning and had been synthesized to be physically indistinguishable. Differences in structure were well captured in the reorganization of neural phrase response in delta, approximately less than 2 hertz, and theta bands, approximately 2 to 7 hertz. And in power and, and power connectivity changes in the alpha band, approximately 7.5 to 13.5 hertz, consist with the prediction of computational model. Sentences showed more power, more power connectivity, and more phrase synchronization than phrases did. 
Theta gamma phase amplitude coupling occurred, but did not differ between the synaptic structures. Spectral temporal response functioning. That's what I'm always talking about. I'm always talking about the parietal temporal lobe. Spectral temporal response functioning modeled revealed different encoding states for the phrases and sentences over and above the acoustically driven neural response. Our findings provide a comprehensive description of how the brain encodes and separates linguistic structures and the dynamics of neural responses. These imply that phrase synchronization and strength of connectivity are readouts and constitute structure of language. The result provided a novel basis for future neurophysiological research on linguistic structure representation in the brain and, together with our simulations, support time-based binding as a mechanism of structural encoding and neural dynamics. So they're just copying the abstract there at that point. Um, and what they're going over is that they can now differentiate language and spoken words individually between the process of EEG. They can read the brain waves and distinguish individual words and sentences from a neural expression. Now, uh, I ascertain that you don't need a interface, a... Uh, you can achieve it biologically if we were less bombarded with radiomagnetic frequencies and electromagnetic fields we live in inside these electric boxes. Um, we could probably ascertain and discern individual intent through human communication. There is a uh, study where individuals synchronize brainwaves, states, uh, through uh, a communication over time just by a spoken exchange of information. But uh, right here they ascertain you can, uh, you can actually discern individual words and sentences based on the neural network of the individual who's expressing them through the EEG. We're, that's 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 a segue. That's a segue. That's a segue into brain to brain interface communication. So we're gonna pop on, and we're gonna go on to our next article. This is Nature.com article slash s four one five nine eight dash zero one nine dash four one eight nine five dash seven brain net a multi-person brain-to-brain interface for direct collaboration between brains Abstract, we present BrainNet, which to our knowledge is the first multipersonal, non-invasive, direct brain-to-brain -brain interface for collaborative problem solving. This is what I was talking about in the very beginning. The interface combines electro and <laughs> EEG to record brain signals in transcranial magnetic stimulation. To deliver information non-invasively to the brain, the interface allows three human subjects to collaborate and solve a task using direct brain-to-brain -brain communication. Two of the three subjects are designated as senders. 
whose brain signals are decoded using real-time EEG data analysis. And this is what I want to know. I'm going to have to dig a lot more deep into this, but I had the thought that maybe they had to initially have an individual give individual words or sentences and then would map how their brain expressed the neural circuit to that. Because I imagine that if every individual is going to have a different neural expression, it's kind of like a, a, a sync or a, uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched that crazy ass fucking show. It's a good fucking show. Uh, Dream Corp LLC, where they have to, uh, they have to sync the brain waves to the uh, the expression of the AI um, that they use to uh, interpret interpret the dream data. I imagine they're gonna have a similar system where they have to express individual words through an AI that would uh, then know the exact electroneural response and expression of that word in the individual who's being the sender. Um, I'm going to have to dig in a lot more of this. This is a nature article, and uh, I'm under a very small time frame, so I wasn't able to do the 20 hours of research. I normally do a week where I have a full full understanding of what's going on I, I'm gonna give you this and tell you hey look I didn't actually look at this study I read the abstract I read some of it I need to download the PDF and I need to go over it in detail but this one I have not actually checked out yet um, like I said I just moved so this is why you're getting in subpar podcast this week sorry about it but uh, it is what it is if you want to look at it you can look at it all right, brain, two of the three subjects are designated as senders whose brain signals are decoded using real-time EEG data analysis. Like I said, do they need a sample data of the individual to understand the expression of the EEG data? There's no way every individual expresses the same word within the same neural circuit. It's not like we were taught the same words at the exact same time. I, I don't... Oh, well, whatever. Decoding process extracts each sender's decision about whether to rotate a block in a Tetris-like game before it is dropped to a fill a line. Sender's decisions are transmitted via the Internet to the brain of the third subject, the receiver. Who cannot see the game screen, the sender's decision are Delivered to the receiver's brain via magnetic stimulation of the occipital cortex. The receiver integrates the information received from the two senders and uses an EEG interface to make a decision about whether turning the block or keeping it in the same orientation. A second round of the game provides an additional chance for the senders to evaluate the receiver's decision and send feedback to the receiver's brain for the receiver to rectify a possible incorrect decision made in the first round. We evaluated the performance of BrainNet in terms of 1. Group level performance during the game. 2. True-false positive relates to the subject's decision. And 3. Mutual information between subjects. 5. Groups each with three subjects, successfully use BrainNet to perform a collaborative task with an average accuracy of 
furthermore vibrating the information reliability on the screens of the artificially injected noise into one sender's signal. We investigated how the receiver learns to integrate noisy signals in order to make a correct decision. We found that, like conventional social networks, BrainNet allows receivers to learn to trust the sender who is more reliable. In this case, based solely on the information transmitted directly to their brains. Our result point to the way of future brain-to-brain interfaces that enable cooperative problem-solving by humans using a social network of connected brains. This is where I'm at. Um, This is where I'm at. Uh, There's a small lull in my podcast, and I apologize. But uh, this is... This is the point. This is the point. If Do we really need an interface if we were more in tune and less affected by uh, environmental factors that changed things such as cryptochrome protein folding within the fucking cell? Would we really need it if our electromagnetic fields were being bombarded where we were no longer magnetic receptive? <sighs> now I'm a bit of a conspiracy. I'm a bit of a conspiracy nut. But I ascertain we don't need. We don't need an interface. Our interface is communication. It's a, uh, it's a uh, direct link from brainwave fields that can project over several feet to the individual we're talking to. We've lost touch of our roots, um, and a lot of it could be from behavioral change induced from the magnetic spectrum we now have communication to, and we've isolated and destroyed our ability to communicate under those low vibrational hertz waves, even high hertz waves. Each organelle inside the body, the liver, the heart, the brain, the pineal gland, all vibrate at different frequencies. When we eliminate that ability to resonate, we change our neural and biological composition. But uh, this is uh, this is part four. I mean, the part three of part two of uh, electrokinetic cellular resonance. There is a study. I can't find it again. I mean, if you don't believe me, you don't have to believe me. When two people communicate, their brain waves um, synchronize over a period of distance. It was a um, it was a social study where they uh, put EEGs on and they measured the brainwave states of individuals who were communicating. Um, we, we match brainwaves to reflect our ability to empathize with the other individual. Um, I think we do this naturally. Uh, I can't find the study. I apologize. This week has been fucking crazy. Um, enjoy the 45, 50 minutes I have under this podcast. Uh, this is the human condition, and any limitations is to the expression of ideas.